0: I think Brandon's going to start a square dance up here. Uh, We're continuing in our series called Fall Back. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've noticed. Yes, you have. But time has changed, right? Uh, The weather is changing. And it's getting darker sooner. So, you know, you're adjusting to those things. And what this series has been about is we, with our faith, you know, we need to make adjustments too. We need to change some things. Sometimes throughout the course of the year, we veer off course, right? We get sidetracked. Uh, we sort of lose our identity, we lose focus, and so I think it's important that every once in a while, you know, we fall back to some important things, and that's what this series has been about, you know, tearing away, trimming away all the fat, all the things that we don't need, and, and focusing on the foundational things that we are supposed to do as God's people. And so there's two weeks left in this, this week and next week, and we've talked about some pretty important things. Today I want to talk to you about the importance of being a witness for Christ, uh, the importance of being a witness for for Christ. I want us to look at Acts 1-8 very quickly, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. This is Jesus talking. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that pretty much covers everywhere, right? I mean, we can look at that and say, there's no place that we are not to be witnesses. Um, this is the last thing that Jesus said. While he was here on earth. The last thing that he said to his disciples. To his followers. And so the Bible teaches us. That we are witnesses. For Jesus Christ. Well what is a witness anyway? Um, it's, it's someone that has seen. Heard. Or experienced something. And then they share. What they've seen heard or experienced. Right? That's, that's what a witness is. If you're a Christian. You are a witness. You are. It's not just something that you do, but it's something that you are. The question is, are you a good witness? Right. Am I a good witness for Jesus? Or have we or me, have I chosen to plead the fifth? Right? Have we chosen to remain silent? Those are the things that I want us to think about today. When I talk about witnessing, what do you think about? Sharing your testimony, right? That's what—that's how you've heard it growing up in church, and that sounds really technical, doesn't it? Sounds kind of scary. It's like an eyewitness account. Sometimes we get nervous, right? Sometimes we think that we can't do that. Um, you know, when I went to seminary, I was studying some witnessing classes, and, uh, you know, the Smart people say that you should be able to share your testimony in 10 to 30 minutes. Does that sound like a long time to people, to you? It does to me, right? It's hard for me to get up here and preach for 30 minutes. Um, Here's what I believe. I believe you should be able to share your testimony in 30 seconds or less. I I really do. We're going to look at that today. We're going to look at a prime example of that today. Being a good witness Simply means sharing your story. All right, throw the word testimony out the door. Share your story. Sharing how God changed your life. Here's one thing I know people can argue about a lot of things. They can argue about what you believe, they can argue your doctrine, they can argue your theology. What they cannot argue with is your story of a changed life. And we do this at different times, right? Uh, we don't always have to go out and find ways and look to share our story. God will find those ways for us. He will orchestrate those ways for us. I found probably the, the best time and the best place to share your story is in the elevator. All right? Because, I mean, like you've got a captive audience. Like, you, you're mine now. You cannot go anywhere for a little while. All right? And then you just, you know, where are you going after this? up or down? (laughs) See how easy that is? But what does it mean to be a good witness for Jesus? What does it mean, right? To be a good witness. Today we're going to look at one of my favorite sections of scripture. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 9. We're going to be there the whole time. If you've got your Bible, turn there, please. Um, this is one of the best examples to me of being a good witness for the Lord. So I want to walk through this. We're going to read a lot of verses, okay? But we'll do it quickly, as quickly as possible. And we're just going to walk through this together and we're going to look at five things that a good witness has, five attributes of a good witness for Christ. Number one, a good witness has this, a recognized need through sin. Let me, let me just read through the scripture and you'll understand what I mean here. John 9 verse 1, as he, that's Jesus, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? All right, let's stop just for a second. Let me just uh, explain this side story. The disciples were with him, that is Jesus. They had seen him do miracles. They had seen him heal people. They had seen him already bring sight to those that were blind. And it's interesting to me what they talked about. They wanted to get caught up in a theological debate, didn't they? Forget, oh, here's a guy, Jesus, why don't you heal him? He has a need. You've done this before. Heal his sight. No, they wanted to get caught up in this whole debate on sin. Who sinned, this man or his parents, to cause him to be born this way? You see, there was a belief that sin caused a person's sin caused sickness, illness, disease. And while we know that sin is the ultimate cause of that, a person's sin doesn't bring that on. Jesus answered their question this way. He said neither neither this man nor his parents were the cause of this man being born blind. He was born blind just because of sin in general. You know, we live in a fallen sinful world. We do. But here's the thing and here's what I want to get at is according to the Bible we all were born sinners. This man was born blind. We were born into sin. We were born with a need, a very great need. And that is the beginning of God's story through you. You have to start there with your story. It starts there. And that is something that you alone have to recognize. Okay? The world, most of the world believes that we are inherently good. Okay? And scripture teaches us otherwise. That we are born sin. All have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. So this man had a need and he recognized it. He knew it. Nobody had to tell him. Not only was he born a sinner, he was born blind. He had never been able to see, and he knew it. You know, you can't be a good witness for Christ until you see your need for Christ. That's the point. A good witness always knows where they came from. That's so good. Second thing a good witness has is a drastic change through faith. A drastic change through faith. That's the thing about a witness. They are a witness to something, an event, or or something they've seen, heard, or experienced, and after that that event, after that encounter, there's a change that takes place. They are never the same. A witness of Jesus especially is never the same afterwards. Never. They are changed. Look at John 9, verse 6. After saying this, he spit on the ground made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. All right, just, all right. I thought I would do an illustration, but I won't. <clears throat> no, sorry. Have anybody ever seen any paintings of that? Right, Jesus just hawking a loogie? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I bet this guy is thankful that he can't see right now. Right, uh, there was a, we live in the mountains, right? So there was a guy named Bubba. And uh, Bubba couldn't hear. So he went, to his, he went to his pastor. Okay, He said, I need you to, pastor, I need you to pray for my hearing. So the pastor laid his hands on his ears and said a quick prayer really fast. And, and then he said, Bubba, how's your hearing? He said, I don't know. It's not until next week. All right, so the guy spit. All right, so Jesus spit on the ground, saliva, in the clay, made mud, put it on the man's eyes, and then he said, Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. And this word means sent. So the man went and washed, and he came home seeing. <laughs> Pretty big change, isn't it? This man was born blind. He literally went from never being able to see to having sight. Now, that is a big change, huge change. The change was drastic. All right, notice when it happened. After obedience, yeah. He went, he washed, he came home seeing, but what did he have to do? He had to show faith, and he had to obey in order to be healed. Now, how many of us are wanting a change in our life? How many of us are needing something to change in our life? Many times that change doesn't take place until after we begin to obey, until after we start to show faith to God. Then he brings about change. For this man, he went from being ordinary to extraordinary, didn't he? He went from being a nobody to somebody. He went from a hopeless life to a life filled with hope and joy. What did this guy have now? He had his sight. He had a brand new life. Imagine that. Imagine the life in front of this guy. What did he also have? A story. An amazing story. And that's, that's the third thing a good witness has. It's an amazing story of grace. So there's the need. There's the change. Then after the change comes an amazing story. John chapter 9 verse 8. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked isn't this the man who used to sit and beg some claimed that he was others said no he only looks like him but he himself insisted i am the man it's me you know people were saying is this the guy is this that guy that used to sit and beg on the side of the road is this the guy who was born blind who's been on the side of the road for years and years and years is this the same guy no that's not him it just looks like it right I think it's funny, this guy's probably in the back. Hey, it's me. It's, hello, you know, it's me jumping around. Uh, verse 10, they ask him, how then were your eyes opened? They asked. In other words, they're saying, if, if it's you, how is this possible? And I want you to look at what he says, all right, in and, and, and t- timeness, all right, timeness. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud. And put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and washed. So I went and washed and then I could see. Stop. I got about 10 seconds. Maybe. Depends on if you read it slow. 10 seconds. How powerful is that? How effective is that? You see, people can argue a lot of things with you. But they can't argue with a changed life. They cannot argue with your Story. Christian, what has changed in your life? What's changed about you? What's your amazing story of grace? All of us have one. We do. No story is ever the same, but every story is powerful. Every story is effective. You know, my life doesn't look anything like it did before. It doesn't. I'm not perfect by no means, but the change in my life is drastic. It is. I tell people I've been saved twice some of you are like oh man what's this guy getting ready to say um, you know God saved me from sin when I was young and God saved me from a life of sin when I was older You know, and now by God's love and grace my life is not the same you see that okay if, if I share that what do people say well how did God set you free What do you mean God freed you, right? How did God show you love? You see, when we share our story, it opens up an opportunity for us to share the gospel. We automatically think we got to go share the gospel with people. No, you share your story. And it opens up the opportunity for you to share the gospel. Fourth thing a good witness has is a commitment to tell their story despite doubt and unbelief. Do people always believe you? They don't. Oh, they don't. Do do people always take you seriously? No. They don't. Not all the time. The same applies with your faith and, and your story. And look, this is a longer section of Scripture, but it is so good, so just bear with me. Verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Okay, now the... Here's what's happening. The big dogs heard what happened. Okay. Before, it was just the people, just the neighbors, just the friends that knew the guy. Now, it's the religious leaders who want to know what's going on, mainly because this was on a Sabbath. How terrible is that? Some good happens on a Sabbath. A guy gets killed on the Sabbath. That's bad, right? The religious leaders wanted to know what happened. Verse 15, therefore, the Pharisees also asked him, how he had received his sight. So, all right, opportunity number two for this guy to share his story. Again, notice what he does. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I watched, and now I see. He went from 10 seconds to five. It's getting shorter. I mean, he's, he's getting better at sharing his story. The question is, would these guys believe him? Would they believe him? Verse 18, they st- still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked. Is this the one you say, you say, was born blind? How is it that he can now see? You know, so they didn't believe him either at all. You know, people won't always believe you. Here's the thing, and this is comforting to me. People didn't believe Jesus either. If they're not going to believe the Son of God, man, we can't get down when people don't take us seriously all the time, when people don't believe us. That's not our, that's not our job. That, that doesn't matter. You are not responsible for the unbelief of somebody else, right? A good witness is committed to sharing their story despite doubt and unbelief. So not believing the man, what did these religious leaders do? They asked the parents. They said, if anybody knows, they do, right? They do. Surely they would know. Verse 20, look how they respond. We know he is our son, the parents answered. We know he was born blind, but how he can now see or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. Interesting here. The parents admitted that he was their son. That's the guy, okay? He's their son. They also admitted that he was born blind. All right, this wasn't a show, this wasn't fake. They also now admitted that he could see. So something happened. But what didn't they admit? How it happened or who did it? Wow. Why did they leave that out? Verse 22. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said he is of age. Ask him. So here's the thing. They were afraid. They were afraid. They were afraid for themselves. How tragic is this? I read through this and I'm like, this is so sad. The parents had an amazing opportunity to share an amazing story of grace, didn't they? They had an opportunity. They didn't do it. They had an opportunity to bring glory to Jesus, but what did they do? They avoided the situation. Look, how many times does that happen to you and me? We, we have an opportunity to share grace with others, and for whatever reason, we don't do it. We back out, or we make excuses, or we divert attention elsewhere. How many times do we do that? We do it all the time. We don't step into those opportunities that God lays in front of us. Verse 24 A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. You know, they come at him and they say, give God the glory. In other words, tell the truth. You are under oath here. And that's just what the man did. He told the truth. For, for the third time, he gave his story. And this is under oath five seconds it's getting shorter and shorter but it's just as powerful what does he say i was blind now i see wow Mm. you see despite the unbelief the man's story never changed he he didn't back away when he met opposition when he met unbelief if anything he got more adamant if anything he got stronger If anything, he got better at telling it. If anything, he got better at dialing it down, right? They still didn't believe him. And what happens next is sort of comical to me. Verse 26, then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? You see, doesn't that sound like the same questions? He answered, look at this, I have told you already and you did not listen. You see the boldness coming out in this guy. Why do you want to hear it again? And then look, look at this. Look at what he says here. Hey, do you want to become his disciples too? Isn't that good? <laughs> he, he's saying, look, you've asked me so much about this. You've talked so much about this guy and, this, and me and my sight and all this. You, might want to, you must want to follow Jesus too, don't you? Right? Isn't that good? Obviously, he's frustrated when we read through this. He is. He's told his story over and over again. Not only has nobody listened to him, but he's been isolated. You know, he was on the side of the road before by himself. Now where where is he? Still by himself. He's been deserted and sort sort of abandoned by his parents, even. Imagine... That feeling. And after this, you know what they did? They kicked him out of the synagogue, which means they banished him. They banned him. But that's not how the story ends. Last thing a good witness has is a new life surrendered to Christ. A new life surrendered to Christ. A good witness realizes they are not the same person. They have a new life, right? Verse 35. I love this. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he, that's Jesus, when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Wow. Jesus heard about this situation, how the man had been treated, how he had been thrown out and put out. Jesus heard about it. And he went and he found him. Isn't that good? The good shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one. Wow. If you're a child of God, look, God will find you. You're going through a difficult time. Your life isn't what it's supposed to be. God will seek you out. He won't leave you all alone by yourself. Jesus found the man. And remember, I don't know if you picked up on this. He never seen Jesus before. After he went and washed in the pool and came back seeing, Jesus was gone. Didn't know what he looked like. So the man is saying, look, where where is he? Where is he? Where is the guy? I want to see the one that caused me to see Verse 37, Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. What is a witness? One that sees, hears, or experiences something. And now this man has experienced all three, you see. Verse 38, look what the man does. Then the man said, Lord, I believe and he worshiped him. Isn't that good? Jesus searched out the man, found him, and when the man realized who Jesus was, he believed in him. Not just accepted his miracle, not just said, oh, thank you, Jesus, for doing that. See you later. He believed in him, and he worshiped in him. In this moment, this guy is surrendering his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. a good witness always circles back to focus on the one who healed him. Always. A good witness doesn't leave Jesus in the past as something that happened in the past. A good witness stays focused on Jesus in the present. This guy was blind, but now he could see both physically and spiritually. And look, I can't help but wonder how many times this guy shared his story for the rest of his life. In closing, are you a good witness for Jesus? Because we all are witnesses if you're a Christian. The question is, are you a good witness? Are you being faithful in sharing your story of grace, of what Jesus did to you and to your life? Are you fighting through obstacles when you share your story, right? Are you fighting through those situations where there's doubt and there's unbelief and there's hesitation and there's walls being put up? Are you fighting through that? Or are you walking around those? Are you making sure that you return to worship and focus on the one who healed you? That's big. Now, Christians, we are witnesses for Jesus. We have a great story to tell, and the story is ultimately about him. It does involve us, but it's ultimately about him, and that is the story that the world needs to hear. It is. And look, you may be here today, and you feel like this guy was in the beginning on the side of the road, Helpless, your life is at an all-time low. You don't know what you're going to do. People are ignoring you, passing you by, not willing to help. I know of one that will. I know of one that will give you life, give you power. I know the one who has the power to heal you, to restore you, to pick you up, And to give you a new life. And his name is Jesus. Will you call out to him today? Let's pray. Father, today we thank you. As we see in this story of the man who was born blind, the outcast, the one that everybody passed by, the one that everybody forgot about. We see your amazing love and power displayed in this man. We see how you loved him and showed him compassion and we see how you healed him. Father, help us to see that as a picture of us. That we are all born apart from you. We are all born into sin. We are are all born in need and we're desperate. But you come along and Minister to us and show us love. When we place our faith in you, you heal us. Cleanse us from sin. You give us a brand new life to live. Help us to share our story. Because it's your story. Father, people need to hear about your power. They need to hear about your love. They need to hear about your forgiveness. Help us to do that with our lives. Father, help us to always remember that we need to stay focused on you, not to leave you in the past, not to forget about you, but to worship at your feet each and every day. Father, if there's someone here today that hasn't given their life to you, I pray that they would hear you speaking to them today that they would feel you drawing them to you. I pray that they would give their life and surrender it to you, God, today. In Christ's name we pray, amen.